Good evening and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight, Dave Hilda Pryor's here. Rick Hyatt's here. I should be here. And we're hoping Ian Welsh will be joining us along with the South Korean Prime Minister. So sit down and relax and let's talk about some football. Yeah. Two. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of football. Bloody hell! Not again. Yes, it's that time again where it's another Wednesday. It's upon us, and it's the preview show here on Football Bloody Hell. But unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depending on your stance, listener, we are a little bit depleted tonight. Because uh, at the time of recording, our very own Tom Daly uh, is up at Clevedon, as he will be doing live commentary on Three Valleys Radio. And as this podcast goes out, uh, Yeovil will hopefully be in a commanding position in the Somerset Premier Cup. So we're without Tom this evening. But uh, my guests who are keeping the flag going for football bloody hell, of course, is Mr. A.D. Hopper. A.D., good evening. Evening, uh, Hilda. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Not too bad at all. And of course, completing the three tonight. It's another Red Devil. It's Mr. Rick Hyatt. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing very well. And greetings from the South Korean community. Yeah, the Prime Minister is listening. <laughs> we've reached out. We've, we've gone global. Yeah. How are, how are we after a very heated and riled up discussion on Monday. I, I have to say, Rick, I did listen to it back and thought it sounded pretty good. Sometimes it's good to get a little bit of heated discussion going on this podcast. And I thought it was a good one on Monday. Yeah, what? You three picking on us two? Yeah, that's lovely. You're picking on each other, weren't you? I'm not sure it was anything to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's always, it's always good to have a, have a bit of a bit of a heated debate isn't it have a bit of a discussion if it's good enough for sky sports 80 it's good enough for three valleys radio right absolutely yeah gary's coming on next week gary neville i mean (laughs) well um let's get started then of course with uh yeovil town rick i will direct the first question straight over to you because i believe i'm right in saying it's our fa cup schedule at the weekend and fa cup commentary schedule as well with Mr Rick Hyatt and Tom Bailey at Hewish Park for Gateshead at home. Um, firstly, let's start with the state of the Hewish Park pitch because we have had some pretty horrendous downpours over the last 48 hours or so. We've had so many home games. First of all, Rick, do you think we might be in danger of the game possibly not even going ahead on Saturday afternoon? I'd be surprised if it was postponed because I mean the rain's coming through I think the worst of it's going to be on Thursday isn't it so 
they'll be virtually 48 hours, I would imagine, for the ground to recover. No one's going to be on it. It's not going to get cut up at all. It's just a matter of draining it, I would imagine, and getting it uh, getting it all ready. And then our lucky FA Cup team of me and the Scott McTominay fan club will be there on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, so, so far the cup run's been, been very impressive. The only thing is this time, I got a funny feeling that because we put away South End so convincingly in the last round and we've been comfortable all the way through it, I think there's almost an, an air of expectation about this one. Mm, you know, people are expecting us to... Gates are still in the division above, remember? And they're no, they're no mugs. So, you know, don't go thinking this is going to be a, a piece of cake or anything. It's, it's going to be a tough game, but certainly got more faith in uh, in Yeovil getting a result than we would have had this this time last season, I think. But I see they got stuffed 4-0 at home on uh, Saturday. Yeah, so they lost their management team, didn't they? That's, that's oh, of course, the, yeah. kind of the price you pay, I guess, when you get to a really good position in the table when they're in and amongst the playoffs. Mike Williamson... I think I've said that right, the former Newcastle defender. So he's now gone over to MK Dons. And I think it might be a case now of can they still keep that momentum going? Because, Age, you must have been in um, positions before, particularly at, at Yeovil, when the manager's gone and then suddenly you might be on a good run of form and suddenly that dips when you get the manager changed, when the manager's doing really well for you. Yeah, I, I, I certainly was there when, when we had managerial changes, but I don't particularly remember you know uh, the form going off the edge of a cliff or anything I think we were I mean when Gary when Gary went to Bristol City uh, mm, we, that's what we, I was thinking of yeah we had Steve Thompson there mind at the time um, I, I can't remember it was that drastic but uh, you know since dementia set in I'm not really sure to be honest but um, um, but no you know I mean and then Russell Slade came right, and it was a close season when he came. I think, if memory serves me. Mm. So um, yeah, I, no, I'm, my my only worry is the fact that um, you know when you've got a, a run like this, ten ten games, um, it's always kind of you're all sort of looking over your shoulder, aren't you? Because well, you know we've had ten now, and oh, is this going to be the one that we're going to trip up on? Because sooner or later we're going to trip up. We know that. I mean, it just. Unless we go the whole season like we, um, like Arsenal did, and I can't see that happening. Um, so I just wonder whether they're going to start looking over their shoulders and getting a little bit nervous uh, just at the prospect of, of the run suddenly ending. Rick, I guess that's the danger whenever you go on a long unbeaten run is that you know eventually it will come into an to an end. But at the same time, whilst momentum's high, then you can just kind kind of try and keep that going in in all competitions. So. Whilst you need to be wary of going up against a team that are in a higher division than you, you can obviously understand why there is so much confidence around Yeovil Town at the moment. Well, winning winning is a habit, isn't it? That's what we've said before. I mean, that's that's what in a in a perverse sort of way, losing that first game of the season when every when the enthusiasm was really high around the club wasn't necessarily a a bad thing. Every now and then, have a bit of a check. But if if Yeovil uh, are going to go like the alleged invincibles. For a season, I hope we don't draw as many games. Because hmm. that's the one thing. 11, 11 out of thirty-eight, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, yes, they were unbeaten, but they by no means did they win every game, and they didn't win a cup during that season either. So uh, 
Just, 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 just calm down, Gunas. Back in your box. <laughs> um, from a from a perspective, aid, if you're talking about that um, winning streak that they're on at the moment, if you were to if you were to ask Mark Cooper and say, would you take a defeat on Saturday and you're out the cup if it meant that your unbeaten run continued in the league? Do you think he would he would take that, or do you think that there is kind of a, an important steal with trying to get far in the FA Cup because of the money that it brings and who knows what might come around the corner if he gets around two and three. Well, I think the first thing is that, yes, it does bring money in, but I'm not sure whether Mark would be that bothered about the money side of him because it looks as though Martin Helios looking after him quite well from the point of view of transfers in. Um, mm. With regard to most managers, I'm pretty sure, you know, footballers, they're very much rank and file, aren't they? And then, yeah, more or less everyone you ask, you know, oh, I've got it. It's, the league's got to take preference over the cup. The cup's just a day out for us, and all this. That's the usual, you know, the usual talk, isn't it? Really, they don't. So, so I think he would he would adopt that. That would be my guess that he would adopt the, um, uh, you know, go for the league and and you know, the FA Cup's just a day out for us. And if it, if we win, well, that's great. And yeah, we get a bit of money from it, but. Uh, the league's more important. Would you agree with that, Rick? Sort of, but I do think, I think the league, you don't want to get complacent, what with it being the 1st of November and everything and, and thinking too far ahead, but Yeovil have played most of the big teams in that division now and come through that that pretty well. I I, I think a cup run won't, won't do them any harm because it's that opportunity, especially as you go deeper into it, to challenge yourself against teams from higher divisions. Win them think, all. Yeah, bring them on. But I, I think that, you know, the the league, I think you don't want to count your chickens. Like I say, it's, it's very early in the season, but I don't think Yeovil are going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. I think every so often getting the opportunity to test yourself against a, a, higher, a team from a higher division, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. And it does keep that bit of interest interest going with it. But saying about um, managers and managerial changes and everything, we had Cy Thayer with his exclusive report that Mark Cooper was not going to go and manage Bristol Rovers at halftime on uh, on Saturday. Well, since then, the Bristol City job's come up, hasn't it? And he is a Bristol City supporter. <laughs> but it does make you wonder if there is anything in that direction. But I think Mark would want to finish off what he started with what he went through last season all the off-the-field stuff and not having resources and it being fairly dismal on the, on the field. He sort of hoped that he would want to see through at least this season with the Oval, get promotion on your CV and a, a decent cup run with what he's already built so far because he's finally got the backing he wanted. I think as well, Aid, that with Bristol City being where they are at the moment, I think it would probably, and that's no disrespect to Mark Cooper, because we're really happy with what he's doing at the club at the moment. But from a Bristol City fan perspective, they'd probably see that as quite underwhelming, picking someone out of the National League South. So that probably st um, stands us in good stead, doesn't it? Yeah, I should think so. I mean, it's it's the sort of appearance that that it would create, you know. Um, you can you can imagine all the Bristol City fans going absolutely apoplectic about it because. Yeah. Because it was League South, you know, National League South, and and as you say, I mean, Mark's doing one hell of a job here, and uh, you know, we want to keep him. I, I, you know, I think we we need to hang on to him. He started a project, 
he's he's going really well now and um yeah no we we want him to hang on here well final point on the game on saturday is that we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago but rick all being well um in his uh, recuperation that we might have a uh, fish-shaped player at least in the on the bench uh, on Saturday afternoon, which would be fantastic uh, to see. That would be remarkable to actually have that recovery turnaround in in that that period of time. That would that would be an amazing amazing recovery. And uh, yeah, I hope if he's fit, then that would be lovely. But I just hope he doesn't get over ambitious and push it too soon. But they'll, they'll know. They're keeping an eye on it. He'll be doing contact stuff in in training now, so we know if it, if uh, if the break will sustain it. But if he does, that'd be brilliant. You can't have too many options, can you? Really, especially the way people are people are playing at the moment. It's tough. Hey, do you think Mark Cooper might may or may not change his mind on Fisher if he is fit? The part um, and way up against the conditions at the moment because if the conditions are quite bad he might see the game going in a little bit of a different direction with tackles flying in players on the slide that maybe you might think this isn't the game to bring him in could that possibly play a part to his comeback yeah well i should think alex fisher would would possibly say say so anyway you know if he's if he could see that the pitch was going to cut up and it was going to be really difficult uh, I'm sure he wouldn't want to undo all the good that he's done over the last however many months it's been. And, and you know, I've spoken to several footballers when they've had long um, injuries and breaks and, and it, you know, it gets, it gets really, really difficult towards the end. And I'm sure that they do all adopt the attitude that, well, you know, I, I, I'm itching to get back but equally I don't want to get back and have one game and then end up having another six months on on the sidelines and stuck in the in the injury room and having to do physio every day so I, I can't see that Alex would allow himself to be um, to be dragged into the fray as it were um, unless he was really happy both with the conditions and his own condition. So don't forget then that you can tune in to Three Valleys Radio on Saturday afternoon. And if the game goes ahead, which we expect it probably will be, then you will find Tom Bailey and Rick Hyatt for coverage from around about five to three in the afternoon. Um, oh, are we going to have a competition? Are we going to have a competition where we try and guess if it's a draw as to how many people are going to go up to Gateshead? On a Tuesday evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, because this is a because this is a um, preview show, and we normally get predictions. I'll start with you, Aid. Are Yeovil going to progress to the second round of the FA Cup? Yes or no? Oh, God. Um, you set yourself up there, my friend. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they'll. I think they'll do it. I think they'll do it. I think they're on such a high at the moment that, uh, and especially the fact that give us a score. Oh God! Come on, you, you you do you want blood as well? Um, yeah. Well, look, put it this Sweat way. Tears, put it this it. way. Gateshead lost, as I said, four nil on Saturday, so they're not going to be on a on a high. They haven't got a new manager yet, have they? That we know of. Mm, good question. You've thrown it right back at me now. Nice one. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. No. No. So assume if they haven't. Um, I'm sure the uh, second-in-command at uh, Gateshead will be a, a perfectly adequate replacement for him just for the weekend. But at the end of the day, I think that uh, 
come back from a 4-0. Uh, we'll see what United do tonight and see, see whether or not they come back from a 3-0. No, I think I think Yeovil will do it. I think they'll do it. And I'll say 2-1. Yeah, I can confirm it is uh, Rob Elliott, who's interim charge still up at Gateshead. Um, Rick Hyatt, prediction from you? Well, I did warn about getting complacent and getting carried away. So 2-0 to Yeovil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna join in on that i'm gonna say um one nil to over i think it'll be pretty tight but i think with the momentum that they've got going on at the moment which is a word that you love at the moment rick hyatt momentum and i think yeah. that will carry over through so a, do you a know what it is in korea at the weekend <laughs> i don't no, I wonder. and i don't you? want anyone to do an impression and get us kicked <laughs> off the air so we're going to move on very quickly before right. one of you try <laughs> Um, because we are running as a three, though, we've got a very special guest um, in this next interlude because A.D. Hoffer had a very special chat with current Torquay manager and, of course, former Yeovil Town manager Gary Johnson ahead of the FA Trophy match, which will be in a couple of weeks' time. You would have seen that uh, Yeovil were pulled out to play Torquay away from home. So here's what Gary had to say on that draw. Right, well, good evening, Gary. Uh, nice for you to come on the show at such short notice. Um, I just wanted to get your initial reaction to the FA Trophy draw between our two clubs. Well, the reaction was, um, what a game. Yeah. You know, we're going to be playing uh, Yeovil uh, just before the trophy and then uh, playing them again uh, just after. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, it's a, I mean, it's a really not only an interest in the game. It's a, it's a very. Um, we're looking forward to it. You yeah. know, I, I always enjoy the games against Yeovil, and uh, whether it's home or away. I know we're at home twice um, in these two games, but um, that's. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. We, we'll look. We'll really look forward to it when we've, you know, played a couple of our league games that we got coming up, and I'm sure. Mark will be the same. You know, he'll want to yeah. concentrate on his league games before he starts commenting too much on the on the on the trophy draw. But um, and of course, Yeovil, you're going very well at the moment, and um, and we hope to you know try and catch up pretty soon, <laughs> as soon as we can. And uh, and you know, I'm sure it'll be a good game. It'll certainly be a great atmosphere. That's for sure. Well, certainly. I mean, you know, the FA Trophy and, and you and Yeovil have kind of obviously got uh, great memories and, uh, you know, who yeah. can forget that day at Villa Park? Um, so I suppose it's bound to sort of resurrect those memories in your mind, I imagine. It does. And every now and again, you reminisce and, uh, you know, you see something that comes up on a, on the YouTube or something that reminds you of... Uh, that particular event. I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, I've been unlucky actually. I've been. I've had a couple of events where instead of them being at Wembley, like that should have been at Wembley if you remember, and it yeah, was changed yeah. to Aston Villa. I had the same in the playoff final uh, with, with Torquay um, a couple of seasons ago when it was at Bristol City instead of Wembley. So, yeah. but I, I remember the day and I remember the, uh, the the save that Chris Will made in the first minute. Yeah, uh, you know it's, uh, and of course, you know it was a the Adam Stansfield day, really, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, yeah. It was a, and it, and his thoughts that we 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 took on board before the game and was publicised, and 
you know, wouldn't it be man of the match and get the winning goal and that's exactly what happened yeah so, it was uh, god bless him and um but it was a it, it was it was a great day it was my first season so um yeah it was one to be remembered that's for sure I can remember the uh, meeting you up at the um, at the Belfry when we had that sort of golf day thing before we we actually got to the final. Yeah, we did, and Grant Taylor done us a favour, didn't he? Where yeah. he allowed us to use their training ground, and he, he came over and wished the lads good luck. And yeah, yeah. It's, uh, sometimes you can't remember what happened yesterday, but you can remember those those you know great great days and great events because that's what they are, and the lads enjoyed their golf. I can't. I, I remember Tom White stamping on my ball in the uh, in, into a bunker, <laughs> and as I come over the hill, I didn't. We couldn't find it, and then I looked in the bunker, and it was about six inches deep. My ball, and I thought, That's, I've never seen that before. Right. And it was only like a couple of months later that Tom White. Uh, he uh, owned up to treading on me ball because he was just ahead of us. But, oh, uh, I'll yeah, remind him of that one then, Gary. I don't know. <laughs> and I of course, I might have got, got rid of him just after that. Oh, probably. Yeah, <laughs> you were like that, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it was also the day that we we signed Gavin Williams, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, Gavin had a great career, didn't he? And, yeah. Uh, everything that he I'm not quite sure where he is now but uh, I know the lads uh, of that group sometimes meet up and you know they're working together uh, still some of them and you know they they certainly keep in touch and it was a it was a great time that the lads had at at that time and they all went on to uh, you know different things and are still a lot of them are still in the game as coaches yeah quite well, let's hope anyway that uh, we can, one of us, either yourselves or Yeovil, will uh, get, get their way to the final. It'll be nice to go again. It will, so at least one of us knows we're going to get through to the next round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so there, there you go, and I'm sure it'll be a competitive game, and uh, as they as they always are, but that's that's what you want. Yeah. Okay then, Gary. Well, thank you very much for that. But I thought it would just be a, a quick five minutes we could get into the program, and uh, you know, it's always good to have you on the show and uh, hear your your thoughts on the situation. I mean, are, are you happy with uh, are you happy with Torquay's form at the moment, or a bit to be desired yet? Yeah, or we, what? we we had a we had a good bit of form, and then we we I think everybody will go through it. I mean, obviously, uh, Yeovil are the team that are. Uh, uh, putting a good very good run together yeah. we'll have to wait and see how long that goes and then you know other clubs are having bad spells good spells it's just the, the nature of this league really yeah so, quite um, you know it's, it, it, the league's never over at the beginning of November is it no no it was a long way to go yeah that's for certain yeah. well, well look thanks for that Gary appreciate your help and um, no I'm sure we'll s- I give your listener my regards <laughs> now cut that out <laughs> <laughs> Just you're you're kicking a man when he's down. I mean, after the weekend I've had, I mean, how do you think I feel when people say that to me? I mean, you know, it's 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 been a crap weekend, but I'm hoping things will get better tonight. But we'll see. Well, I won't ask you about it because it'll be another half an hour on the phone. Yeah, well, we'll see. Anyway, you better you better get your CV out ready, ready, ready for the um, application for the new job because I can't see him lasting much longer the way it's going. (laughs) Ten Hag. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, yeah, that, that, that'd be nice. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? But, uh, 
to be honest, I'm very happy at Torquay at the minute. So uh, Man United have to wait for a couple of years. Okay, Gary, thanks for your help. Speak to you Cheers. soon. Cheers See for you, now. Mate. And that was the thoughts of Gary Johnson ahead of the FA Trophy second round, I think it is. I don't think that Yeovil come in at the first round, so hopefully I've not balls that up. I'm pretty sure it is the second round that is they that, play. Is, is that a technical radio term? Oh, it is, yes. Yeah, You're I've, allowed to I've say not, that. I've not come across that before, but uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. A <laughs> um, little bit on the Carabao Cup then, because there was a couple of games last night. They were not so high-profile matches, but boys, I just wanted to touch on them, because um, a really good well, it was good opportunities for these teams to get into the quarterfinal, and they've taken them. Um, Rick, I'll start with you. Middlesbrough with an entertaining 3-2 win over Exeter City, which went both ways until the final 10 minutes. Mm. And Port Vale coming out as winners in the game against Mansfield and find themselves in the last eight. So uh, two teams that will be fancying really, really big time ties uh, in the next draw. Well, they'll both, both be potentially looking forward to uh, a trip to Old Trafford in the next round, obviously. Uh, yeah, fair play to Middlesbrough, because they were 1-0 down in that one, weren't they? So so they did well, considering their league form's not been uh, all... Do you the... kind of feel sorry for Mansfield that they pulled out Port Vale in the last round and they got each other? Or was it one of those where whoever won that one was then always going to get a bigger opportunity at... It depends how you look on it, doesn't it? It depends how it works out. It's nice that you give yourself or you've been given the best opportunity to progress. But at the same time, you'd want a big tie, wouldn't you? Whether it's this round or, or one round later. So I, I guess they are, it, it could have worked out. It could have worked out better. I mean, if they were going to go out, they'd rather have gone out to a, hosting a bigger team, I would have thought. But Port Vale live to fight another day. And yeah, fair play to them. It's, it's, a, it's a good old run they're on at the moment. A, that's exactly the sort of um, situation that Yeovil would want to find themselves in. OK, it's a different competition. You can get to the latter stages quicker um, in the League Cup. But if you're Port Vale and you're getting into the last eight, you're pretty much guaranteed a big boy if the results go the way that you would expect them to tonight. And um, Yeovil could maybe try and take a leaf out of their book when they comes into their com cup competitions. Yeah, you could quite imagine that. But... Um... Yeah, but generally, I mean, how often do you find when it really starts to get hard, usually the top teams win, don't they? I mean, you know, statistics will prove that. Um, and, uh, you know, whilst those two teams will will enjoy their time that they've uh, got in front of them now because they, uh, they've, you know, made their own little bit of history, it's the, same, it's the same every time, Aid, isn't it? It's, it? You love to see the romance of it and the underdog getting far, but then when they get to a certain point and your team's still in the draw and then a Chelsea or a Man City then get a Port Vale at home, you're then really annoyed that they've got that tie. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Um, but, Man uh, City won't be getting them this time, though, will they? <laughs> no, they Oi! won't. <laughs> So, just just go slightly off the, the, the same tack, but I, I noticed uh, on one of the websites that uh, they were talking about the new manager the, who's going to go to Millwall. And uh, I see uh, Nathan Jones is apparently a strong tip for it. So, uh, Nathan's coming back by the sound of it. Yeah, I did see that. It was brought to my attention yesterday night that he was the um, 
the favourite to go in there. Um, mm. I think there was quite a few vacancies that were all linked with Neil Warnock, but um, QPR have brought in a uh, Scandinavian, can't think where he came from, Hammerby, I think, and he's taking that position. Obviously, the Bristol City job is still vacant, but yeah, I did see that um, uh, Nathan Jones looks like now he's going to be the favourite for Millwall. Could be a interesting fit, that, Rick? He's um, fairly eccentric, is Nathan, <laughs> and uh, I don't think Millwall are exactly your, your typical. You'd need to start quickly player. at Millwall, wouldn't you? But that could go one of two ways, couldn't it? That could either they will absolutely love him and take him to the heart, and it'll be a real success, or he could be on his bike within two or three weeks. It just depends what sort of start he gets off to. Well, I won't preview the other games in the Carabao Cup tonight because by the time this goes out, they'll already be well underway. Congratulations um, to Bournemouth, though. Well done, Bournemouth, on their continuing their, their newfound run of form. Oh, well done. And just very quickly then, do you think that uh, United will get the job done, seeing as when this goes out, the listeners will be able to hear what you have to say when they're already halfway through the game? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to think so. Age, same? Yeah, like I to mean... Think you just do enough? Uh, we've got a very good... Let, rep- me, let, me ask it an- let me ask it another way, because obviously you're both United fans. So, obviously you're the holders of the competition. Aid, I'll, I'll start with you first. Is this the competition that, with everything that's going on at the moment, that you'd still want to target and try and win? Do you see that as a priority? Well, I see any any trophy, any win is a priority at the moment. So uh, certainly that would be the case. Um, as I say, they've got a good record against Newcastle at home, although they did get a nil-nil draw there last season, I think. Um, but I think, um, I think, yeah, I think United will come through all right. Uh, it'll be tight, and I think it'll be difficult, and a lot will depend on who he picks in the team. And uh, you know, I, I mean, Anthony could go. Uh, Mason Mount drop him. I'm not even sure about Rashford, as I was saying to Rick off off air earlier on. Um, I don't know about Casemiro. Is he going to be back today? You know, I don't know. Unlikely. He's in Brazil. Oh, is he still? Yeah, getting oh. treatment. Yeah. So you know, uh, at the moment, um, yeah, they'll win. I think two 0 There you go. Rick, regardless of whether or do they're not, do you see this as a, like I say, as a priority from like your personal perspective or like like AD says like you know any trophies a trophy at the end of the day do do as well as you can it's November (laughs) and it's one of the two possibilities United have got left for a a trophy so and with uh, with Abu Dhabi being out as well it does leave the door slightly ajar like it did last season so you'd you'd think yeah it's an opportunity isn't it and it could sort of paper over a few cracks if you get a bit of momentum and get a, a decent run in this one so I think that um, I think United would be taking it a bit more seriously than they might have done if they'd have been flying in the Champions League and second or third in the in the Premier League. Yeah, I kind of feel exactly the same, really. Like I've always thought with the League Cup, you've got an opportunity to get to the latter stages quite quickly, really. And you know, I I I also quite like the fact that teams do rotate their players because everyone seems to do it. And the deeper you get into the competition, it's good to see. 
your fringe players doing well and then see them all scrapped and the proper goalkeepers go in for the semi-final final. Yeah. That's <laughs> so what, fun. They dropped for the glory That's game. what normally happens with this competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for the second half of the show, we'll, of course, go through the um, preview of the Premier League like we always do. But I just want to touch base on a couple of points uh, that we didn't get to talk about on Monday and whilst it is just the three of us. Um Rick, I'll stick with you for this one. The, the story that came out on Sunday that you might have seen is that, um, or even Saturday actually, that um, Diaz was left out of the squad, Luis Diaz, for Liverpool this weekend because of the situation in Colombia with his parents being kidnapped. I mean, it's just absolutely awful situation. The good news is that his, uh, his mother's been found, hasn't she? Yeah. And I think his dad is still they're still waiting to um, to find his whereabouts. But, I mean, you just can't even comprehend what He's probably going through at the moment. Yeah, he's not in any fit frame of mind to be playing football or concentrating on that at the moment. I mean, it's just just shows the state of some people. And it's not uncommon, is it? I don't want to speak no. out of turn here, but there's certain he's parts a target, of the isn't world he? where we've seen these things, and because he's very high profile, yeah, it, it happens when 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 it shouldn't. Yeah, of course. Obviously, um, yeah, all footballing rivalries aside that's a, a fella who's a long way from home and doesn't know where his dad is so hopefully from his point of view and from everybody's point of view they get that one sorted out quick sooner rather than later Aid, hey, i guess there's nothing that anybody can particularly do to try and prevent these sorts of things it's just a case of obviously doing as much as you possibly can when it does happen i mean that's i guess every footballer it, that's earning a certain amount of money is vulnerable to these sorts of things. Well, very much so, yeah. But I mean, uh, funny enough, I was watching a film on Netflix about some drug cartel in um, in Colombia, and it, it certainly sounds like an absolute hell to live in. Um, uh, you know, it's just. But I mean, obviously, it was Hollywood as well. But even so, it's not a very nice place to live in, I don't think. And. Uh, you know, you've got to look after yourself, basically. And if somebody sort of targets you because because of the football connection and the money connection, it must be very difficult. And I mean, if they're not, you know, I don't know what sort of um, level of income his parents have got, but if they can't afford to have their own bodyguard, which would cost money, um, it must be, you know, it must be horrendous, really. And, and you know, I think kidnapping is such a, it's such a mental thing, isn't it? It's not just a... Um, the, the the possibility of ending up dead but it's it, if you when you're alive the the mental aspect of it i should think must be dreadful which is why obviously these people in gaza are going through the same absolute hell of it so um you know i wish them all all the luck in the world and i hope they find his dad in one piece and he's okay yeah absolutely and um another really shocking scene from from the weekend rick as we were just touching on off air before we started is the the situation with um marseille and leon a big game of course in the french league and never even got underway as the marseille ultras were um were chucking bricks into the in into the bus windows and one of them you would have seen this the footage i'm sure would have seen the pictures of the manager fabio grosso with a huge cut to his eye and it, it could have been a lot worse a situation than what it turned out to be and it was bad enough rick yeah it's terrible uh, hopefully he's on the on the road to recovery it looks like he you know he's up and about and 
This isn't a new thing either, is it? We've seen buses attacked before. We've seen, in this country, buses buses have been attacked and and kickoffs have been taken because of of trouble with that. And I mean, and they're supporting your team, which is great. We all have to do it. We all rip into each other about that sort of thing. But there is a line you don't cross um, when it comes to physical, physically harming anybody. Then if you think that that's, that's the right way to behave, then you're a numpty and you really ought to just go and go and find some, another way of uh, filling your time rather than polluting football because it's got enough problems without these people being involved as it is. Maybe this is a slightly separate point, Aid. I don't know, but I think it link, links in. And it just amazes me that, particularly on the continent, teams have fans that can class themselves as ultras and they get treated rather differently. And it's almost like, well, if you're an ultra, you're allowed certain privileges when it comes to uh, making decisions like being um, like on the board as part of a fan's perspective if you're an ultra but by the same token everybody knows that if you're part of the ultra gang and the ultra's tag then it tends to come with a more violent side of you as we've seen what happened in this game on Friday yeah I think you're right and, and you know they, they, they're they self enlisted aren't they they, they you know, they just they just don't seem to understand that you've got to behave like a human being, and people like that. They, you know, I mean, you think of the occasions that Leeds United had a bloke stabbed uh, uh, in one game, uh, um, European game last season. I think it was Galatasaray, wasn't it? Was it, yeah. was it Galatasaray? Yeah. And and they just they just go around, you know, behaving like absolute animals. I mean. But again, the trouble is there's so many, so many examples that they can sort of almost align themselves to, um, and without wanting to get political. But I mean, when you get the situation you've got in Israel at the moment, I mean, it's it's just and Putin. There's so much going on in the world, and don't get me going on it because uh, we'll move on. It's, well, just it's... just one thing with that age. Have you seen that the Celtic group have been banned from the stadium because they uh, they were told not to, and then. At the weekend, they had pro-Palestinian flags flying. Yeah, no, I, they, didn't, I didn't know they'd been they were, banned from the stadium. Yeah, they'd been banned from the stadium, I think. And it's just keep it away from football. There's nothing to do with it. And it's just keep it in its box. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's have a look then to see what we've got coming up over the weekend. Um, boys, we obviously spoke a lot about Manchester United on Monday, so without being in danger of filling up the rest of the time with them because they are up first, would you believe it? Uh, a 12.30 kickoff um, on <coughs> Saturday, which is the kickoff that every manager loves to have. Um, going to Manchester United, going to Craven Cottage, Fulham on the water, nice little <coughs> Saturday afternoon trip. Rick, are you expecting to come out with three points there? Discuss. You'd hope so, but you know that Andreas Pereira is going to play for Fulham and he's going to suddenly turn into prime Messi because that's always what happens. But yeah, just hopefully United have turned or will have turned a corner and things have reached rock bottom and they're all wearing nice kit that fits and come away with a win. From Not too tight, one. Rick. Not too tight. Not too tight. Not around the ankles. Bless. But now, hopefully, United come away with a win on that. And I would expect them to again by the 
by the odd goal. They'll huff and puff and make it harder work than it need be. But I think they should have enough. Hey, do you agree? Well, I hope so, but I think a lot depends on what happens tonight, to be honest. Um, you know, if they lose tonight, heaven forbid, um, I don't quite know what's going to happen on Saturday then. Uh, well, yeah, it'd probably be best to put the under-21 side out if we lose tonight, I think, and uh, be done with it. But uh, I think if, if we can get a good result tonight, then, yeah, I would like to think we can carry it on against Fulham. And as Rick says, we'll probably huff and puff and they'll try and blow the house down, but... Um, Hopefully we'll we'll have enough to be able to beat them. So you both so you, are you both going for narrow wins then at the weekend? Yeah. yeah. If you could win by half a goal or on points, <laughs> go for that. It's not going to be four nil. Put it that way. Well, I'll, well, I'll have to join in with it only being the three of us. And I I thought about this game, and I just wonder if it would surprise me if it ends up being a stalemate when you take into account the time of the day that this game kicks off and normally you do get quite slow starts with these 12.30 kickoffs. Um, Fulham are quite hard working and very workmanlike but Jimenez is not going to get you any goals anymore. They're quite blunt up front and depending on what Manchester United turn up as you say you're not quite sure if you're going to be firing either so I guess by definition I'm, I think it might be, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a blank at the weekend, so I'm going to kickstart my prediction with a nice goalless draw. So just to get, just to wet the appetite. A little ray of sunshine. <laughs> I think one thing well, to bear in mind, though, is the fact that if you look at all these stats that are going around about United, Rashford's the only one who scored a goal in God knows how many games, and you know my law of averages theory comes in here. I think, and I think sooner or later, somebody from United is going to start scoring. So uh, another reason why I think we will win. But goals, I guess on the goals, flip side, goals, you could say the same Brian. about Raul Jimenez and Fulham, I suppose. But I get what you mean. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It could be goals, goals, goals. But I think it will be blanks, blanks, blanks to start off the weekend. Um, we have one, two, three, four, five, three o'clock matches uh, on Saturday. Aid, you can start us off with Brentford, West Ham, London Derby, of course. Do you? West Ham have been a little bit stale over the last couple of days Brentford coming off a couple of days couple of weeks probably a couple of days as well in training to be fair but Brentford come off the back of a 2-0 win uh, at Chelsea do you see them uh, continuing that form on Saturday possibly um, I think uh, West Ham have got to play um, Arsenal this evening haven't they in the uh, Carabao so that'll be an interesting game because if they lose that, it'll be four. Will it be four? Am I right in saying that? Defeats on the trot for them. I think that's right, isn't it? Um, so or, you know, yeah, I think you might be right. I think if they come into the game in all with, with with four, uh, that's not going to do their uh, um, enthusiasm an awful lot of good. Uh, on the other hand, I would have thought that they would be good enough to beat Brentford. Where's the game? Is it at Brentford? Yeah. Mm. No, well, maybe not then. No, maybe, maybe West, um, maybe Brentford would win. I would, I would think. Not. It's going to be a tight game, isn't it? You know. In fact, I think I'd go so far as to say it'd be a draw. Two-two. Oh, he's gone, Desmond. Rick Hyatt. Uh, it's going to be a draw, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> goals, goals, goals. Draw or a blank draw. Uh, sort of in or between. your classic one-one. 
I think it's, it's going to be a classic KG one-all draw. <clears throat> and yeah, that's I can't see anything beyond beyond that. But of course, I've, I'll I'll be at Hewish Park, so I won't see it anyway. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out and I say that West Ham will nick it two-one. Um, whether that's whether where that's really coming from, I have no idea. Um, I just think that they'll they're going to have to start playing well enough sooner or later because I do think that they have a pretty decent squad at the moment, and I think they they might just um, take it at Brentford. You never know with Brentford, do you? I mean, it's like um, that Everton game, Rick, when we were expecting Brentford to blow Everton away, and Everton just were pretty much played like Brentford that day <laughs> in a weird kind of reverse. It's also two teams that like to play on the counter-attack, so you probably have them both sat in their own penalty areas waiting for something to happen Yeah, and wait for that space behind and it won't be there. Somebody's got to blink first, so yeah, I think it'd be a troll. Rick, I'll stick with you this time because this next one's a really interesting one because Burnley, we say it every week, they're still waiting for that spark, that performance to really kick off the company era in the Premier League it's still not really happened they did win at Luton of course but they've got Crystal Palace at home and the way that it's going at the moment you just wonder if they don't get anything against Crystal Palace at home then the writing really will be on the wall would that be a fair comment Rick yeah and I don't think they'll get anything from Palace either. Do you not? no I think Palace will have too much for them they're Solid, Roy's got them set up, they know what they're going to do. And yeah, not yeah. been a great couple of weeks for them, but maybe they'll fancy their yeah. chances here. But they, they have had some tough games, so I think that this will be one that they'll be looking to get to get back in. I think that is, is going to end up 2 0 to Palace. I think. What do you think, AD? Are you going uh, well, <clears throat> company or are you going big Roy? Funnily enough, I sat through four episodes of the Burnley. Um, documentary that's been made uh, about oh, their... it's on Sky isn't it yeah I watched all yeah. of them last night and the thing that struck me the first thing that struck me was that obviously this is last season and, and we all know that you know when you're winning it's, it's a hell of a lot different than when you're losing or when you're just playing averagely but the first thing that struck me was that the American board all of them trooped into the dressing room after every virtual game that they had there and I was wondering I wonder if it's the same at the moment because they've lost an awful lot of games this season. Have the board of directors been piling into the dressing rooms on this occasion? I sometimes think not, but you know. Um, but they're they're playing. They played quite well, I have to say. Well, obviously they they won the the, the championship, didn't they, by quite a, a large margin. And um, but they haven't spent an awful lot of money, uh, even when you consider they got promotion and. What is it? One hundred and seventy million pound or something they get uh, when you get promotion to the. Yeah, I don't really know how that works, though, Wade, because I don't no, know if it's divvied up as like complete transfer money. I, I'm getting the impression it's not. But... Well, I don't know, but the fact, the mere fact that they haven't spent that much, um, and they've still got very much the same basis of their squad this season as they had last season. Um, mm. As you say, they've only, I think, just the Luton game, isn't it? And wasn't that in, what was that in? Was that in the um, Carabao Cup? No, so they they beat Luton in their rearranged uh, Premier League game. They were oh, supposed was it to play right? okay. in the second game of the season, but Luton Stadium wasn't ready, so they had a oh, random right, Tuesday yeah. night. But, yeah. you know, I would have thought, 
I would have thought they're going to lose again. Really? Um, yeah. Badly? Well, I don't, I don't share Rick's enthusiasm for Crystal Palace that much, but I think they're probably good enough to beat Burnley at the moment. So I would say 2-1. Oh, so we're going to go full house here, and I'm going to go one nil Palace in my in my huge goals, goals, goals predicting that I'm doing at the moment, which is going against every fibre of my being, Rick. But a very just... dull Saturday so far, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I can just see. Um... Have you got a fibre think... then? Have I got a fibre? What to put oh, on? A fibre. Oh, I thought you said a fibre. Well, you can't. Um... Can't be condoning betting now, Adrian Hopper. No. <laughs> what me? <laughs> Adrian doesn't do betting; he just gives money to bookies. No, actually, I had a winner this afternoon. Okay. Thanks to my uh, good relationships with Mr. Snowden, so uh, that was all right. It was only eight to eleven, but still, I uh, didn't exactly get rich on it. Feel like I have to say over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am over 18, Dave. <laughs> well, we'll stick with you then, um, Aid, because Everton Brighton uh, oh, is one of the three o'clocks on Saturday, and Everton are arguably in better form going into this game. But is that going to be enough against Deserby Ball? What do you reckon? Can't figure out Brighton. You know, they they started off really well, and they've had this really bad run lately, haven't they? And then just nothing seems to be going right. And uh, I mean, I get, I see this guy. Um, oh, Colin Rick, help me. You know what I'm like with names. The the uh, the Irish guy, the youngster, eighteen year old, plays for Ferguson. Brighton. Ferguson. That's Ferguson. Him, yeah. yeah. Um, From down the fruit farm, you know that chap. <laughs> he's. Um, you know, he scored a goal and, and he deserved he sort of turned around and said, well, you know, yeah, it wasn't that special. I, I wasn't that impressed, which I was thought rather strange. If you've got a player, a youngster, you know, typically you want to go and say, well, it wasn't that special. You just scored a goal. Um, so I, I'm, I'm puzzled as to what's going on down there. But um, having said that, I do like Sean Dyche. Don't know why. I just like him. He seems to be a... Do you think it's turning, eh? Do you think it's turning? Well, for Everton... The... Yeah, I think this could be the game that will tell you whether it is turning, because I think mm. if, if if Everton do get a result out of this one, then I think one the alarm bells are certainly going to be ringing in Brighton, and two, um, Sean's going to think, well, hang on a minute, maybe my my perseverance and we're getting somewhere. So I'm going to sit on the fence and say it's going to be a draw. <laughs> Rick Hyatt. Everton are so annoying at the moment, aren't they? It's win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Can they get two wins in a row? Because I said this on a previous pod with the predictions. As soon as you expect them to win a game, they don't turn up. Brighton, the hipster's choice. Oh, I got a funny Of course, feeling. this was the reverse last season when Everton went to Brighton against all odds. I know, and absolutely mullered them, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh, that, that that I, I can't be sure of. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't want it to be the dullest set of predictions ever, but I can see it being a draw. Okay. I can't I, believe I'm not, not, I... not a Desmond either. I just, oh, what's going on with these fixtures this week? I just think 
but no, Everton will let me down again. I think it'll be one nil Brighton. I can't no, believe this. Uh, all these these predictions and Rick's Rick's and mine. Uh, he doesn't normally agree with me. I mean, what's the matter with the boy? He lost <laughs> I've his marbles the completely. Rule, I've forgotten the golden rule of prediction is to predict the opposite to what Adrian Hoffman predicts. Yeah, exactly. So damn it, go away. Because we're some, running as find some Korean. Three, what about can we go to, to the nice Korean league, the South Korean league, or something? You go. You hang fire. We've got South Korean players to come up yet. All part of the South Korean community oh. yet to be unveiled. Okay, so, no, David. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think Brighton all win three one. I reckon. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Everton are in the, are in the better form here, but I think eventually, with some of these games, regardless of that, the team that is better will just come out on top. And I think Brighton are better. And if Brighton play well, Brighton win the game. I, I think is the short answer to that question. So I'm going to go three one and Ooh. just add to my goal tally for the weekend because. I now think that the next game is probably going to be goals, 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 regardless if you want it to be like that or not. A.D. Hopper, Bournemouth, go to Manchester City. Oh. Is this going to be a battering? Do you know what bugs me about Manchester City? They are a good team. Nobody can get away from that, and much as it hurts me to say it. But I always fancy, whenever they play United, they, they step up about five gears. Now, they won't need to step up five gears to beat Bournemouth, I wouldn't have thought, especially at, at uh, the Etihad. So, I think you're right. I think it'll be at least 3-0, possibly 4-0. Yeah. Rick Hyatt, do you agree with that? Sometimes with these games, City do go as expected and hit five or six, but sometimes they grind out a 2-1. Like, it's normally one or the other. There's, it's not like a 3-0 and it's just... It, it's either been really close and nobody expected it to be, or it's a really huge scoreline. Do you see sort of similar? I've, no, I've got to disagree with Adrian. I can't, I can't see Bournemouth scoring three or four. <laughs> Home advantage. Might just, you might just... Might just Stupid boy, Pike. Is, is Rodri fit? Has he recovered? Oh, I worry about that little lamb. Yeah, of course. He falls he over so easily. He He's got no centre of balance. He uh, would have hurt himself when he fell over that time. Oh, he squealed. Mm. Poor little lad. But uh, I mean, this I was... is a game, Rick, where you where Calvin Phillips would be crying out for a play me instead. Surely, yeah. Bournemouth at home. Kevin Phillips, he, is he playing again? Is he? Kevin Phillips he probably, is, he probably is, won't be. That's the point. And I was actually. Uh, Listen back to, to last week's pod, which was unusually entertaining. And I was quite harsh on the Harlan family. And I would just like to say that um, he should have won the Ballon d'Or. But unfortunately, we live in a world where as long as Messi's got breath in his body, the fanboys will make sure that he wins another Ballon d'Or. I think Harlan should have got it for last season. But uh, that's the last nice positive thing about him I will ever say. And City... I think you're right. I think City will flatter to deceive because they did that. It was against Brighton at home. They got two 0 up and then really took their foot off the gas and let Brighton get back into it with with the goal. I don't think it. I don't think Bournemouth. And they should score. have got something in the end, Brighton. Yeah. from that one. And that's, that yeah. was City just sort of like thought they had the job done and and switched off. Uh, but I, th I think I think City would do it two 0 Um. So unfortunately, I think it might be a. Or four or five. Um, 
for like the reasons you've just said, is that I can see why you think it could be one of those um, closer ones because they do sometimes perform that way in these games at home. And City but... have their cup final last last Sunday, so oh, they'll be tired. But, but Bournemouth are also going to be coming off the back of a battering on Wednesday evening against Liverpool, of course. So um, they're going to be, be wounded, their... but they're going to be <laughs> cup success, aren't they? <laughs> so um, I think Bournemouth's one of those teams that regardless of how the results have been, they're so expansive. And I just think if they try and do that at the Etihad, then this is a four or five. So, um, yeah, go on. Let's go goals, goals, goals. I'll go five nil. Manchester City. There you go. Well, your five nil came in last week with um, Arsenal Sheffield. So Happy sad. Happy I got it right. Sad I got it right. Come on then, South Korean community, Sheffield United against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Ah, now, hey, now you're talking. Game? Now you're talking. I can't, pronounce, I can't pronounce his name, but uh, he scored a you great goal last week. One. Give us a Huang. Huang, is it? Yeah. Huang, is that a good one? Anyway, uh, so it's, Sheffield United and Wolves. Like... I think Wolves will win that. Go on, Abe. I think Huang yeah. will probably score a couple of goals as well because we've we've started sort of adopted him as a as a South Korean uh, gentleman. So uh, yeah, I reckon Wolves will win three nil. Oh, that is big, Rick Hyatt. Is this a game that Sheffield can identify? I mean, they no. I think I'm right in saying that this is now the worst ever start. From anybody in the Premier League, I think it's about like ten games gone, nine defeats, and it's not going to get any better. I think uh, I think Neto is going to run run riot. In fact, oh, is the, he fit? I think yeah. If they were saying that it's been overblown, he was walking quite freely when they were getting on the coaching after the Ooh, thing. Well, so I think it, I think he'd be fit, and I think he's someone that uh, I think Senag could. Well, do with having a look at because I think he'd be uh, he'd, he'd fit in quite nicely. But uh, back to Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, in in yeah, I, I, th I think they'd do it three 0 Is that what you said? Did you say three? I yeah. said three 0 Yeah. Oh, Adrian said three. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. What have I done? No, it's, it's all right. It's We're all friends here. Who if there's we... only one score. It's it's not going to be, and that's three 0 <laughs> Who was that you else. were talking about going uh, that? Ten Hargor to be looking at from Wolves. I didn't hear who you said it was. Pedro Neto. Pedro Neto. Right. Who? Right Juan? No. From no, he, play, he plays in a different position, Adrian. All right. Pedro Neto. Oh, Pedro Neto. Yes, yes, right. No, he's not bad, is he? Not bad at all. Uh, what did you, Adrian said? Three nil. Yeah. Yes. So it's either going to be. Nil nil or seven nil to Sheffield United, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I think Wolves, Wolves will do it two nil. So I'm going to go two one. I think Wolves will win it two one. I think Sheffield United might get a goal, but Wolves will will just have enough to uh, to win that one away from home. And um, unless Gary O'Neill has something to moan about, of course, there will be a decision in that game that goes against Wolves, and that's why Sheffield United will get their goal, because <laughs> that tends to follow Gary O'Neill around. So um, I think Sheffield United will get on the score sheet. We'll, we'll start to be a bit more quick-fire with, the, with these last ones, because I am conscious of 
of time, but we do have Newcastle Arsenal on the billing. Aid, um, are they are Newcastle going to be buoyed or on the backlash from whatever happens on, well, tonight? The backlash, <laughs> definitely. He says with his fingers. Will it be, and will toes it be enough crossed. to beat Arsenal, who themselves may or may not also be on the backlash? Mm, um, where is it at Newcastle? Yeah, five thirty kickoff. I hate to do this to you, mate, but I can see a draw again. <laughs> There's so many games that look sort of a draw in the making, really. And I think I think uh, Newcastle are capable of scoring against Arsenal and, and probably Arsenal are capable of scoring against Newcastle as well. So, mm, yeah, I mean, if they haven't got Jesus now, if they, he's out for a while. Um, no, a draw. I'm going to stick to a draw. 2-2. Two, two. Rick? Mad Dog against <laughs> Wiggy. What a treat for lovers of touchline antics. <laughs> no one's going to be watching the match. They're going to be watching old Mahogany Man and, and the wig wearer. Having a, having yeah, a... They'll, have to, they'll have to bring back Sky Sports player cam just for this they game. Will do, won't the they? Yeah. God, are there two blokes you want to lose more? I don't know. Saudi Arabia. I hope Saudi Arabia lose as I do every single every single game that they play. Not just I, I'm not particularly keen on Arsenal winning, but I think that Arsenal will win that 2-1. So I'm in the Arsenal camp for this one as well. I think they'll just have enough, and I'm going to go 2-0 to the away side. I think it might be similar to the game against Liverpool, whereas they might play well in spells but then they'll just get caught and then the quality of finishing from Arsenal will probably just be a little bit better I think Enketi are alright it was only a hat-trick against Sheffield United but he does seem to be one of those players where you, you stick him in for a run after a while and eventually he does kind of get those tap-ins and little finishes in and around the box so if they can kind of six yard, isn't it? it's a six-yard box sort of strike yeah so. very much so um Having said that, I appreciate he did scream one in from quite some distance on Saturday. But generally speaking, you are right, Rick. Um, so I think they'll come out on top in that one. Two games on Sunday. Aid stuff at 2 o'clock. Forest Villa, quick one on that. Before you move on to that, I've I got to just on the Arsenal thing. Ooh. I, I, cannot, I cannot believe that um, Arteta keeps picking Havertz. The bloke is useless. Has he, has he scored for Arsenal yet? I don't think he Only has. Only a penalty that he was given. Yeah, I, I mean, think. and he paid big money for him as well. Um, as for Aston Villa, I would think that... Who are they playing? Forest away. Mm. Forest are a funny team at the moment because everyone's yeah. expecting them to do well and I can quite understand why. But I think they've sort of quietly gone on a bad run of form without anybody really taking any notice. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, uh, I think Villa are on such a good run at the moment that I can't really see them not winning again. Um, so I think I think Unai has got his team playing exceptionally well. So I think they will probably win 2-1. Rick? Hard one to call, really. And if, it is a little bit. Forest perspective, yeah. Because, yeah, Forest, you think they turn the corner... And they're going to be safe in the division, obviously, because there's bound to be the three three teams are definitely going to be worse than them this season. So I think 
that for... Have you got Ollie Watkins still in your fantasy team, eh? Have I what? Sorry? Still got Ollie Watkins in your fantasy team. No, no, binned, binned. All right, 3-1 to Villa. <laughs> Ollie Watkins hat-trick. Uh, I'm going to go 3-0 Villa, I think. Um, Forrest, obviously, notorious for being so good at home, but I do think that they are just in a little bit of a bad way at the moment. And um, Villa on the form that they're on, I am going to say that it will be a big win on the road. Um, I'll take this next one to kick things off as well, because Liverpool travel to Luton oh, on the 4.30 kickoff. I also think it might be a big away win there as well, but I do think Luton might get on the score sheet. I think it's going to be one of those ding-dong games, but most of the attacking will be done by the team in red. So I'm going to go Liverpool to win by four goals to one. Rick Hyatt? How many of those four goals will be most (laughs) Well, you just wonder if um, it might be a situation up at Bournemouth where the pitch is tighter and if he gets a penalty he might not want to fancy it in that kind of stadium Rick so oh, he will it might pen- not be a penalty <laughs> uh, it, no, it won't be a penalty but he'll get given a penalty um, oh right yeah yeah but I don't think that I, I, I think he's going to need to get given more than the one one penalty because uh, Luton Town 2 Liverpool nil. 2-0 to Luton 2-0 you're nothing but a dreamer no. What, me or Rick? <laughs> yeah. Rick, 2-0 Liverpool. Uh, you can't both be wrong, surely. No, Luton are going to turn it round, and it may well be the high point of their season, but they're going to get a, a well-deserved victory. And you're going so to be... They, oh, no. Not only are they going to turn it round, it's going to be a really comfortable display as well. Oh, the cigars will be out at halftime. They'll be knocking <laughs> it around. There'll be olays going around the ground and everything. Dreamer, oh, Jürgen, okay. you're nothing oh, but a dreamer. Cross. Ross Barkley double, Rick. <laughs> I think Andros Townsend is going to scream one in from outside the box uh, just before uh, Ross Barkley dribbles past seven players <laughs> and slots it past Allison. I get two nil. I th- I th- I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm quite I'm get, getting more and more confident the more I think of that. A.D. Hopper on the flip side and perhaps, dare I say, back to reality. The, the casting vote. And bearing in mind that Adrian is always wrong, Dave, I would be very worried if I was you right now. <laughs> Go on, Aid, stick your neck out. Um, well, I've already had to go through hell saying Manchester City are good, so I suppose I'm going to say Liverpool are going to win 3-0. Excellent. Well done, Adrian. Just guaranteed <laughs> Luton's victory. Good. Thank well, let's let. I hope. I hope you're right, Rick. I'd love it if that happened. No, I'm, I'm suddenly far more it? nervous going to Luton than I should have been. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the logic in my argument now, can't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can. I can. Well, there's only one game to wrap things up then uh, for this week's preview. Um, Aid, I'll start with you this time. Uh, it's Spurs versus Chelsea in a London derby. Can Spurs remain at the top of the table after this game? Yes, they can. Convincingly? But, pardon? Convincingly? Um, Chelsea and, and Spurs is always a, a, a quite a, a you know a, a feisty um, local derby, and uh, 
I go back to what I said about Chelsea last uh, last week or the week before. Law of averages. They've got to come good sooner or later. I mean, they can't. I mean, they spent all that money and all those players. They've got to, so I just I just think that uh, it'll be a draw. I think Chelsea will do enough to get a draw out of it. But I still think Spurs will be top of the table at the end of it. Ooh, Rick Hyatt. Can they both lose? Is that possible? It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Table topping Tottenham Hotspur. I oh, they'll have they'll have too much for for Chelsea now. I think uh, Chelsea going under the under the radar slightly because everyone's focusing on how badly United are playing. Chelsea are getting away with it a little bit from a media point of view. And I yeah I, I think Spurs will be bang up for the, or as bang up for this as Spurs ever can be. I know it's a bit like being hit by a wet lettuce leaf normally, but. They, they'll have, uh, yeah, I think they'll have, have too much. They're finding, as we found out last week, you know, they're finding a way to win, even if it's not playing the the football that they would want to be playing. So I think that they will. They'll have too much, too much for Chelsea. Is Mudrick going to be fit, though? It's a key what question everyone's asking, Rick. It is, because nobody can put crosses into the top corner quite like that boy. Will he have his boots Score on? Scoreline, the right? then? Scoreline, <laughs> I think it will be 2-0. Uh, to Tottenham Hotspurs. Of course, the other on the flip side as well, it's Pochettino, his first visit back mm. to Tottenham, I believe. Um, I think it will be tighter, possibly, because these games, they are a little bit different, aren't they? It is very feisty, possibly a red card with it being Monday night as well. But I do think Spurs will come out on top and they will show that they are just the better of the two teams. I think you know what they say, season. anything can happen in a derby. Anything can happen in a derby. And on that, on that, gentlemen, that bombshell, we will call it right there. What turned out to be quite a bumper edition in the end with just the three of us. And of course, our thanks to Gary Johnson as well for his interlude into the pod um, this evening. So it just leaves me to say, Rick Hyatt, thank you very much for joining us. And we look forward to hearing all your predictions over the weekend. See how you get on and listening to you on Three Valleys Radio on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, looking forward to Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a cracker. going to be the Yobel's Cup run is going to continue. And then hopefully Monday, if I'm invited back on, I'll be gloating about the full house of predictions that I've got right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Including that 2-0 win for oh, Luton. God, oh, God, listen to it. Just listen come on, to man. it. Come on, Luton. Well, it's a very good evening from myself, Dave Pryor. And, of course, I will hand over to Aidy Hopper to sign us out for tonight thank you for listening to football bloody hell